Today we discuss the one area on the ice that the Islanders may lack depth and how that could hurt the team. Plus, the NHL releases its national television schedule. We'll discuss how many times the Islanders are on national TV and how you can watch those games. We've got that and our Islanders birthday of the day and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I I also want to take this moment to thank everybody, whether it was on uh, YouTube comments or Twitter or emails for wishing me a a speedy recovery from COVID. I truly appreciate all your well wishes and, and thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. It means a lot to me. I love doing this job and talking hockey with all of you every day. And uh, just to know that you guys, uh, you know, cared enough to, to send me a message and, and wish me well really did touch me. So thank you so much. Now, I, I did get a number of emails. Some of them even had some really good Islanders-related questions. I promise you I will get to those next week. Uh, still not feeling very good right now and uh, just trying to plow ahead, but I... I want to make sure that when I do answer each of your email questions, I do it justice, and, and I think by next week uh, I should be able to to do a much better job of answering your questions. So, again, I, I thank you for them. Don't think I forgot. I will get to all of those questions this coming week. Now, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind. If you have a question, a comment, maybe something you'd like us to discuss on the show, the email address is lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever topic is on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYR. VSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. Uh, Training camp just a week or so away right now, so we will have all the latest news uh, for you as it happens right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So, depth. You know, we've talked this week, the first two shows of the week, about 
some reasons for optimism, and there are reasons for optimism, despite the, the disappointment uh, that most Islander fans experienced over the course of this offseason. But there's also a, a reason for concern. And, you know, we talked on Wednesday's show about how good the Islanders' goaltending is, that that Varlamov and, and Sorokin together is probably... Uh, the best one-two combination in the league. And if they're not number one, they're certainly in the top two or three. Uh, Forward-wise, you know, it's interesting. We know the Islanders lack top (coughs) talented goal scorers up and down that forward lineup. But there's not a depth problem at forward. There is a, a top, a lack of elite talent at forward. Uh... But realistically, this team can go, you know, 14 deep, maybe 15 at forward. And, you know, NHL caliber forwards, no question about it. So it's not there. The area that I'm concerned about depth-wise for this hockey team is defense. And I think you look at the lineup and you got four proven NHL caliber. Well, okay, five, five proven NHL caliber defenseman. Pellick and Pulak, great top pairing. Whether you keep them together as a unit or you split them up, and uh, it will be interesting to see how Lane Lambert handles that. But realistically, two really good top pair defensemen there. Uh, Alexander Romanov still hasn't reached his full potential yet, uh, and I'm eager to see what he does in an Islanders uniform, but... Uh, certainly an NHL caliber defenseman, and then Noah Dobson, obviously, and Scott Mayfield, without question. All quality NHL caliber defensemen. The question is, you got your sixth, seventh spots wide open, and I don't think any of the guys on that list really have proven themselves to be NHL established players. And, you know, Lane Lambert has some decisions to make because you're still dealing with some players who, uh, you know, have not established themselves yet. Robin Sallow, uh, potential, yes, definitely there. We've seen it in the AHL. We've seen flashes of it in the NHL, but we have not seen the consistent, I can put Robin Sallow out there on the ice for 18, 20, 22 minutes a game and know that we're going to get a solid performance top to bottom with uh, him in the lineup. Sebastian Ajo uh, certainly moves the puck pretty well, can pass the puck pretty well, uh, but defensively, is he good enough to trust for 16, 18, 20, et cetera, minutes a game. I don't think he's proven that all that yet. And then I guess the third candidate uh, for the the spot right now um, is Dennis Chalowski, who the Islanders just signed uh, not that long ago. And... You know, whether or not 
Chalowski is ready to come in and do the job. He's 24 years old, won't be 25 until February. Uh, former first-round pick <coughs> by Detroit has played in 115 NHL games, including 11 last year, four with the Kraken, seven with the Capitals. Uh, has 10 goals, 30 points in those 115 games. Has good size, 6'2", about 200 pounds. Uh, you know, is he going to be a, a, a top-tier defenseman for you? Probably not. But can he be on your third pair uh, a, and be helpful there and maybe add a little bit more of a, a defensive uh, presence than either Ajo uh or Sallow could. He is a left-handed shot. That certainly helps to go with Scott Mayfield if that's your third pair because Mayfield is a right-handed shot. And, you know, they would make a, a good pair from that perspective. So questions abound, but none of those three, in my mind, have established themselves as bona fide uh, NHL defensemen up until this point. And... To me, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Dennis Chalowski get uh, a good amount of games with the big club only because, you know, this is an Islander team that tends to like their defensemen to be solid in their own zone first, and Chalowski would fit that mold a little bit more than Ajo, and probably at this stage in his career at least, a little bit more than Salo. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, when I say there's a lack of depth, I really mean there's a lack of proven depth. I'm not saying that this group, these three players, that between them, one of them won't step up and get the job done, or that it means that the defense will be inadequate. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that what we need to see is to have one of these three guys play better at the NHL level than they have thus far in their careers, or at least to be more consistent uh, than they have been thus far in their NHL careers. And I think a lot of it also may depend, when you sort of boil it all down, on Alexander Romanov. Is Romanov going to be... Uh, more of a defense-first kind of a guy, a physical kind of a guy, or will he be able to put uh, some points on the board as well? If he puts up points offensively, maybe uh, there's a lot less of a need to have either Ajo or Salo uh, be on that third pair, and you go with Chalowski, who has more defensive creds. If he's lacking and your defense isn't producing enough offense, Maybe you go with Salo or Ajo, who can definitely add to that equation. So lots of questions abound. It's something, again, not sounding alarm bells, but putting that point out there that there is no proven depth alongside Scotty Mayfield on that third defensive pair. So we'll certainly ask about that. We have got more to get to on this episode of the Locked on Islanders podcast, Islanders uh, national television schedule has been announced. What games will you see without 
the Islanders' home team broadcasting team and how do you get to watch them. We've got that and a whole lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. It's Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have a light and chewy texture. They have real cookie dough chunks. And of course, like all Built Bars, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. It's all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassles of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs are only 160 calories per bar, but they pack a whopping 15 grams of protein. And what's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off at Built. So, the NHL announced its national television schedule, and the Islanders are slated to play 11 games on national uh, platforms over the course of the season. There are two exclusive ESPN games, six that are on ESPN Plus or Hulu, and three that are exclusively on TNT and you know some of these games are pretty uh, pretty pretty good uh, the first one on national TV October 20th uh, against the New Jersey Devils that is now a 7:30 Eastern time start to accommodate ESPN plus slash Hulu six days later October 26th in what could be Josh Bailey's 1,000th career game. Uh, That is a game against the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. That is on TNT. So could be a very special game for Josh Bailey. And uh, hopefully uh, he will get a little national attention for that accomplishment. Then the Islanders uh, aren't on national TV until November 29th. That's a 7.30 start also, Eastern Time, in Philadelphia, uh, an ESPN Plus game. So just so you get it, the first two games are at home at the UBS Arena. The third game, November 29th, in Philadelphia on ESPN Plus slash Hulu. Uh, No Brandon and Butch, that's obviously... Uh, a drawback. Uh, December 2nd, just a a few days after the game in Philly, the Islanders host the Predators. Nashville coming to town, 7.30 Eastern time, again on ESPN Plus and Hulu. Now, New Year's night, January 1st, uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, and this to me is a great piece of news. Islanders in Seattle to take on the Kraken and it's on ESPN. Why is it good news? Because 8 p.m. Eastern time is a heck of a lot better than an 11 p.m. or 10.30 p.m. start, especially if everyone was out having a good time New Year's Eve. So uh, 
to me, moving this game to what would likely be an earlier start time for uh, national TV on ESPN is a positive, and I think Islander fans will benefit from that. Plus, most fans do have access to ESPN. Uh, it's not like you have to subscribe to, you know, if you subscribe to any basic cable service or streaming service, the odds are you have access to ESPN, and that is definitely a plus. The next nationally televised game for the Islanders, January 18th, a 7.30 Eastern time start, again at home, UBS Arena, the NHL on TNT, Islanders hosting the Boston Bruins. Nine days later, the Detroit Red Wings come to town, January 27th, 7 o'clock Eastern time start on ESPN. Then, no nationally televised games in February, but when we get to March, four games uh, on tap on national TV. March 7th at home against Buffalo. That's on ESPN Plus and Hulu at 7.30. Two weeks after that, March 21st, another 7.30 start against the Toronto Maple Leafs, led by some guy named John something or other, uh, John Tavares. Uh, That's also ESPN Plus Hulu. March 25th, a 5 o'clock Eastern time start at home against Buffalo. That is also ESPN plus Hulu. And then for the final game nationally broadcast as of right now involving the Islanders. Islanders on the road in Washington, D.C. to take on the Capitals. 7.30, March 29th. That will be the NHL on TNT. So... Some pluses there. Now, five games have had time changes, so you can mark your schedules accordingly for that. November 1st uh, at Chicago was uh, at 8 o'clock, now moving to 8.30 Eastern time. November 5th against Detroit, now 1 o'clock in the afternoon, was previously a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time start. November 25th in Columbus was going to start at 7.30, now an 8 o'clock start. November 29th in Philadelphia was going to start at 7, now been moved to 7.30. And then the March 25th game against Buffalo was going to be at 5.30, now moved to 5 o'clock. So those five games changing. You know, the nationally televised games are always a mixed blessing. And I always have mixed feelings about them. The big plus is that as an Islander fan, you want your team to get respect and recognition. And certainly putting them on national TV gives you that recognition and it shows that the league feels that the Islanders are worth the attention that you want them to get. And there's definitely a positive involved with that. The drawback is you don't have your home team announcers. You may not have access to, uh, you know, ESPN Plus or Hulu or some of the streaming services that carry these games. And you're already paying for, uh, you know, your your broadcasts on MSG Plus and you don't get to see the game. And of obviously not having uh, Butch and Brandon calling the game and having to deal with either the opposing team's broadcast uh, team or a national broadcast team that doesn't share the fans' Islanders-centric viewpoint, 
that is definitely a drawback as well. So, again, hopefully uh, it's sort of a trade-off, 11 nationally televised games, and the Islander fans will be able to watch, hopefully, all of those. And, uh, you know, depending on how you bundle things, it shouldn't be that complicated to get uh, access to some of those games one way or the other, and we can talk about that even more when we get closer to this, the, the first of those games on the schedule. When we come back, we have got uh, a very popular enforcer who played with the Islanders in the very late 90s and had one of the more uh, famous nicknames in the NHL at that time. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got that and some final thoughts still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Wednesday was the 52nd birthday of former Islanders winger Gino Ojik. Ojik, a native of Manawaki, Quebec, Uh, 6'3", 215 pounds, big guy, tough guy, went over 300 penalty minutes three times in his career with the Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver drafting him in the fifth round back in 1990 with the 86th overall pick, which, by the way, right now would be a third-round pick. Uh, Made his NHL debut in 1990-91 with the Canucks, scored seven goals in 45 games that year, and had 296 penalty minutes in 45 games, which is pretty uh, off the charts. Uh, the nickname, uh, he is uh, Native American and uh, or First Nations Canadian, I should say, and his nickname was the Algonquin Enforcer, which was one of the more uh, famous nicknames at that time in the NHL. Joined the Islanders midway through the 97-98 season, played in 13 games, had 31 penalty minutes that year, followed that up in 98-99 with 23 games, four goals, seven points, and in 1999-2000, 46 games, five goals, 15 points, and 90 penalty minutes, was then dealt to the Flyers, and closed out his career with the Canadiens, uh, and their AHL affiliate, the Quebec Citadels, in the 2001-2002 season. He played in 605 career NHL games, 64 goals, 137 points, 2,567 penalty minutes. Was a member of the 1994 Canucks team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals but fell to the Rangers. Played in 44 Playoff games, four goals, five points, and 142 penalty minutes in those. None of them, however, were with the New York Islanders. We're going to go back and look at one of uh, uh, Ojik's better games as an Islander. January 26, 2000, at the Pond in Arrowhead, uh, the Islanders visiting the Anaheim Ducks. Guy A. Bear, the goalie for the Ducks. Roberto Luongo in between the pipes for the Islanders, and uh, Ojik, our Islanders' birthday of the day, taking a hooking penalty early in this game, but the Ducks do not capitalize. Finally, however, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim do get on the board first. Timu Solani, his 19th from Steve Ruchin and Oleg Tevardovsky at 14-16. Islanders trailing 
one to nothing. But two minutes, 44 seconds later, uh, Dave Scatcherd, his fifth, unassisted at 17.01. And it's 1-1 after one. In the second period, Jorgen Janssen, his tenth. From Josh Green and Marius Tchaikovsky at 6-12, that makes it 2-1 to Isles. But Paul Correa, uh, his 26 from Steve Ruchin at 12-03, ties it 2-2. That's the way we stood after 40 minutes of hockey. Then in the third, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Gino Ojik, his fifth with an assist from Claude Lapointe at 14-55. Isles up 3-2, and then Dmitry Nabokov gets his first of the year, an empty netter at 19:38. Dave Scatcherd, the only helper on that goal. The Islanders skate away with a 4-2 win, 30 saves for Roberto Luongo in this game. Islanders outshot 30-27 uh, in, uh, excuse me, 32-27 in this game. But for Islanders' birthday of the day, Gino Ojik, he had a goal. He was a plus one. Two penalty minutes, and it was the game-winning goal. He had two shots on goal in this game in 11 minutes and 22 seconds of ice time. So uh, a couple of days late, but happy 52nd birthday to former Islanders winger Gino Ojik. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Wondering what you think about the... Islanders' depth situation on the blue line. Again, I'm very happy with the first five defensemen on the roster, but that sixth spot up for grabs and none of the three options really proven established NHL players. I think you add to the fact that if any of the top five do suffer an injury, you have a very big potential problem on your hands there because the depth would start to get very thin and I don't know if you could survive having both Sallow, uh, <clears throat> both Sallow and Aho, for example, in the lineup at the same time. That would be a little bit tricky. Maybe Chalowski is part of the answer. Maybe someone else, uh, Grant Hutton, comes back up. We'll see. But love to hear your feedback and what you think about those options and whether or not you think it's a problem for the Islanders. So. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. So stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. I don't want to wish this COVID thing on anybody. It's uh, quite an experience. Uh, but enjoy the weekend training camp just around the corner. Can't wait for that. Getting closer all the time. We'll be back Monday. Stay safe. Enjoy. And of course, let's go Islanders.